Hello there, welcome to Grim Dark Bastards, or Singular Bastard today, as it's just me yet again, as me and Mel are still looking after baby Leo. And yeah, so I thought I'd give you something in the meantime before me and Mel can do a joint podcast soon. So today we're going to be discussing Horus Heresy, in particular the hype surrounding Horus Heresy 2.0, whether I think it's a good deal, what I think of the initial rules, and what Legion I'm going to be playing, although no prizes for who I'm going to actually pick, and why. So first of all, if anyone doesn't know, Horus Heresy 2.0 is the new box game released by G-Dubs as a direct kind of spiritual successor to the original Horus Heresy game, which had a fair number of fans, actually. From what I can perceive, it was played by a cult group of people since its release, and it's had, you know, that same sort of steady popularity since, although I imagine it's probably dwindled over the years, especially when 8th edition became so big and stuff like that. And I suppose it gives people, like, a alternative to playing, you know, just standardised 40k. It seems like a lot more historical. Like, the battles are obviously based off everyone's favourite, like, book series within the context of, of, you know, like, the grimdark world and setting. And you get to play with some really cool characters, units, and stuff like that from an age long, long gone. It's going to be really interesting to see what people play, what people think of the rules and stuff. But essentially, it's just an updated version of that... Although it looks as though Games Workshop are kind of going away from Forge World in terms of their range. I think there might still be a core group of of minis that you would only able to be get, you know, to get via Forge World, such as, you know, the unit like speciality units, um, as well as, you know, Primarchs and bigger, much bigger vehicles like super heavies and stuff like that. Um, but I don't know how long that's going to be the case or whether they're eventually going to re-release the Primarchs of plastic kits. I think the world is kind of screaming out for more plastic as time goes on. It feels like Games Workshop are veering more and more away from resing as time goes on, weirdly, even though other independent companies seem to be leaning into resin. I think because of the combination of the fact that resin is quite expensive, Forge World are quite expensive now, and also the fact that, you know, the reason why Forge World was even a thing was that they created these really high detailed, fantastic sculpts that at the time could not be achieved via plastic kits. But now if you were to give someone an average Forge World kit and an average plastic kit and to set them side by side, I think it would take a lot to really distinguish between the two these days. Like plastic kits are so detailed now that there isn't that really that much of a change between them. So it remains to be seen how much will eventually be turned into plastics or not. Although what I can foresee happening is almost like a standardised basic unit units shared between all 18 legions that will be plastic kits and then speciality units will probably always be resin but i'm very happy to be proved wrong maybe some more iconic specific units uh, might be uh turned into plastic kits and maybe the primarchs might be turned into plastics but you know we'll see so in terms of like the rules of horus heresy it's quite interesting so compared to eighth edition it's a lot more old school like it's kind of reminiscent of rules from third ed going into like i presume seventh ed now just as a precursor i played a lot of third ed um and and by default kind of fourth because the kind of 3.5 kind of you know an updated third was kind of basically fourth i suppose 
So, yeah, I haven't played much in the middle, though. That's kind of when I fell out of love with, with Warhammer in general, and I didn't really play it. Came back into the hobby around 8th edition. So all of that time in between then, I, I, I don't really know what basically happened. From all intensive purposes, from what I can perceive, it's just got more and more complicated. <laughs> like, it was basically the concept of third, but but really, really complex up to the max, to the point where everything needs to be gutted by the time we got to 8th. Now, that's obviously due to probably how game design was was probably like back then, and as much as, you know, you've got this time pressure to create this new edition, you're adding new things, and it's just getting more and more bloated and bloated and bloated. Well, I think Horus Heresy 2.0 is taking the best bits of that whole era of, of rule set with its own kind of rules and you know you've got trim down keywords and things like that so it's it's certainly going to be a lot more chunky and a lot more sort of rules heavy than than sort of eighth or ninth edition 40k but it's not going to be at the height of bloat was in seventh edition but um things seem to be a lot more lethal back then in as much as uh, obviously things had lower stats so like things had like less wounds less attacks and stuff like that. But as a result of things, AEPs, like how armor armor penetration was for weapons, was really was really kind of messed up. And as much as like um nowadays, which I quite like, AP you just you just knock AP off an armor save, apart from invulnerable save. So obviously, if you have an AP minus two weapon, you knock two off their armor save. So if they had a three up armor save, they would then have a five up armor save. Really cool. It also means that small arms fire can potentially do stuff and also have the penetration ability to like grind out enemy armor and stuff like that. But back in the day, I remember AP worked really funny, like especially in third when I played, and I presume this is what it would be like now, where if you have the lower the AP, the better. And basically, it just not auto kills, but auto wounds enemies. So it like goes through saves and stuff. So for example, if you had a Marine, say a basic Marine, a basic tactical Marine, and they had a, a, a armor save of three up, and you had an AP of two, you would kill that if you wounded that marine with that weapon they would take a wound they'd take an insta wound because your ap would be underneath their armor value unless they had an invul save obviously um which was you know the rule that kind of kept you know characters alive in those instances and stuff like that if memory served back then especially in third weapons didn't have a damage characteristic i hope they have a damage characteristic in the modern world they might not we'll see uh so that'd be really interesting um, and also vehicles work differently where, where when I played in third it was penetration versus glancing hits and you know you had to roll quite high numbers to again auto kill vehicles and stuff it seems like with this new edition of Horus Heresy though they've kind of taken the best bits of everything where even with stuff like dreadnoughts have wounds where they didn't before they, they, they you know they, they just had armor values or whatever but nowadays according to the Horus Heresy 2.0 they have wounds and stuff like that and weapons, although there are obviously going to be some high AP weapons, back in the day, obviously, apparently with Horus Heresy number one, Plasma was sick, where Plasma, like all editions of 40k, had quite an impressive low armor save rating, but these days it might trigger low armor save, like low armor penetration or whatever as a of rolling, particularly high on a wound roll, like say over four, or over five, or on sixes or something, which I really like. That, that, you know, that makes it less swingy, more balanced, and also reinforces the old themes of the game and stuff like that. You also have loads of really cool 
stuff like scatterdice, <laughs> scatterdice and templates and stuff like that, which again invokes like really old school 40k people to be like, oh yeah, templates. But I used to love templates actually. Like I used to love templates where you know, especially the old flamer template where you'd put that over the top of like your flamethrower and stuff and see what units were underneath it. Obviously, back in the day, in second ed, even when I played very briefly when I was a kid, those those templates were like not see through; they were like cardboard, so you couldn't even see really see what units were underneath. But these days, obviously, when you've got like clear plastic, you can see what models are like directly underneath, so that kind of helps out a lot. And and scatter dice for like warping in a terminate or uh, whatever. And I remember, I think it was in third, where if you rolled a, like a one on a scatter dice or something, then your 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 terminator unit would be lost to the warp, and your whole unit would be dead or something ridiculous. Um, I hope they don't have stuff like that in the Horus Heresy, but equally, it'd be really funky if they have some old occasional rules that you never find in forty k due to like balancing issues or just just you know what's going on in the setting and stuff the reason why i also bring this up is because it's around the corner like the pre-order for horse Everything might even be out by the time that this video goes live it might be in the first week of pre-orders being live so that's really exciting and the box itself is really good i think this is genuinely like the first starter box game that i've ever even considered like i think in my life like when I look back to all the sort of starter boxes for all the various games and speciality games or whatever for, for, for various, you know, Warhammer products or Games Workshop products, I don't think I ever bought any starter games apart from the Lord of the Rings starter games, which is just wild. If I ever wanted a rule book, I would just buy the rule book. Um, I bought some of the old 40k Clash kind of army boxes over the years like most noble the one that i bought with mel which was the hex fire box and stuff like that but never really any star boxes like i missed out on andometers and dark imperium and loads of things like that just because i don't know it's just it never really felt for me like i couldn't really customize the models in it per se like i don't know it just and you always get two armies that you might not even want to necessarily collect you get an army and an army is very rare you actually want to have both of the things in the box but the thing that i really like about the horus heresy is that it gets the greed goblins aka me because it's all the same bulk stuff that you would use for your army so like you could with a mate split the box and decide who gets what or you know or just just within the context of you know a family or whatever you could just build the two armies or whatever but for me, being a greedy bastard, I'm looking at that going, that's 70, 17 point, 1,700 points worth of one army. And at a price which, for the amount of points you get per thing, I mean, I know that, you know, obviously Games Workshop did take the prices, and, you know, that's, neither, that's a conversation for another, that's a controversial conversation for another day. But, you know, if it's £180, which I think it will be, which could be potentially even cheaper in third-party stores like that, say 160 maybe even as cheap as 150 potentially, that's a lot of stuff, man. That's a lot of stuff. Because at the end of the day, you're going to need the rulebook for this game, right? It's not as if you can skirt on by without the rulebook for this game because it's going to be such a massive game. So... The rule is going to be, what, 30 quid, 40 quid or whatever. You need templates and stuff. I don't have any templates. I don't have any templates from, from third and stuff. And they might not even be the right sizes for all I know. They probably will. It'd be hilarious if they are literally the exact same sizes to what we had in, like, third edition and stuff like that. But, you know, you get all the templates, all the dice, all the bits and bobs, the thwacky sticks or whatever. 
if you think about it from that point of view, then you're going to need that stuff anyway. So that's probably going to be 40, 50 quid's worth of stuff to start with. But the amount of minis that you get, so I believe you get 40 Corvus Beaky Marines, which I looked at those Marines and I was like, oh, yeah, Beakies. Like, Beakies are cool. Like, you can't get around the fact that Beakies are freaking awesome. And although they might not be exactly period correct, in as much as not every Legion possibly had access to as many of Beaky Marines as what you get in a box. And also... You know, they were quite, I think they were quite a late to mid-heresy thing, really. So you might be playing in in time periods that might not be correct with the Beakies. But they're cool. They're so cool looking. And they've upscaled them as well. So in terms of the scale, they're like Marine Point Fives between Marines and Primaris. Like, they're probably what they should be in terms of their, like, sizes and stuff. And in terms of their 40k size, for God's sake. So... Yeah, really exciting. So they look cool, and they got these cool, like, bayonet attachments so they can have, like, these gnarly, like, almost like power knives or, like, crazy chainsaws or whatever. So that's cool. But also you get, like, this new awesome plastic contemptor. You get 10 cataphracte terminators, which, of course, you could use as, like, relic terminators for 40k or or just some fancy-looking terminators, I suppose, for 40k. Uh, And a fucking Spartan tank. Which I kind of wanted a Spartan anyway. Like I was, I was, you know, omen and ahhing about potentially buying a Spartan kit from Forge World. Now at the time, obviously, Spartans were like what ninety quid or hundred quid or whatever. If you think about just a Spartan, like a Forge World Spartan, which is going to be a heartache to build because obviously it's resin as well, combined with the rule book or whatever. That's like in my head, like it's hundred and fifty anyway. And I kind of wanted some beakies. I kind of well, I really do want some beakies. I, I want the contemptor, the new contemptor kit, even though I've got a lot of dreads already. Definitely wanted the Spartan. Cataphractes are awesome, and there are also two new Praetor models, Praetor models, the the Lords models. They look absolutely sick. Again, they look really dynamic and cool. You've got one which has like this sort of like headhunter sort of executor kind of vibe who looks absolutely freaking awesome very bulky he looks very death guardy in all fairness or like traitory but i'm probably gonna mash him up as like an iron wing spoiler alert i'm playing dark angels like an iron wing grizzly kind of like praetor and the other one looks way more loyal and like noble although again you know horses of course is they have like quite a cool power sword um and has quite a cool head sculpt and has quite a dynamic pose with a cloak and stuff like that so you get a lot of stuff like a lot of stuff and your bulk of of the army and being a little collector goblin that i am i've got already got a lot of the forge world dark angel things anyway because they're just cool i just collected them because they were cool and you know you don't know like you know i could have like had them as proxies for other dark angels units but yeah i just thought they was just such cool and like forge world stuff can just disappear overnight so i just collected them all because you know i had the money at the time and i really loved dark collecting dark angels so i just collected collected all these cool like forge world units so if i if i shovel those together i've got you know probably like three k's worth of dark angels which is pretty sweet um so yeah so you get a lot of cool stuff in the box Afterwards, there's going to be like a book for the loyalist, the nine loyalist chapters, and the nine uh, trade chapters, as in two books 
one contains nine, the other contains the other nine of all of the speciality units and stuff like that. That's also cool. You get to read up about all of all of the stuff in there. They're going to be quite fat books. They're going to have a lot of like like nitty gritty rule stuff in there. It just seems everything's being handled correctly. How long that is that for is kind of neither here nor there. Also, some of the new tanks are cool. The new the new like pattern rhinos demius pattern rhino looks really cool the new like sicarian tanks and stuff and also just boxes of heavy weapons where you're like i'm gonna cut out 10 dudes that have 10 heavy bolters or 10 missile launches or vulcanites or whatever sick man like this is epic warfare on a scale that we haven't seen for a long time like it is yeah, like third, fourth, Ed, kind of big old conflicts with rank upon rank upon rank of like Astartes smashing into each other. Big fan of the Horus Heresy setting. Of course, we all love the books. So yeah, so the Zeitgeist is really exciting. Obviously, the potential pitfalls of, of a specialist game, quote-unquote, like this is, you know, over time, I imagine people are going to get really into this game, they're going to buy into it, and then they might just just prefer to play 40k. Obviously, 10th edition will be round the corner at some point for 40k, and, you know, they might iron out some stuff or, or integrate some of the stuff that we have from, from Horus Heresy into it. So then all of a sudden, Horus Heresy will start losing its shine, I suppose. But, you know, I guess that's the same with all the box games for, like, Warhammer Games Workshop. They kind of go, right, this is a cool new hotness for a while, and then it kind of just gets kind of put on the shelf until then it gets re-released and everyone loses their mind again. Like, what happened with Blood Bowl or, you know... Necromunda is a great example, but you know, we'll see. Mordheim would be sick. Like, I think everyone would jump on fucking Mordheim if Mordheim ever got released again. Uh, or, the, or a Sigmarite kind of equivalent. But then we've kind of got that with Diachasm and stuff like that, I suppose. But Mordheim's awesome. Uh, or Inquisitor, even. You know, we just don't know. But it's going to be really interesting to see how the player base, whether the player base retains or not. I think the thing is, it's Space Marines. We all love Space Marines. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's like specifically people that just like collect Xenos stuff in 40k, which is totally fair. But man, <laughs> yeah, no, like Horus Heresy is cool. And at the same time, there might be some really cool extra armies for Horus Heresy. You know, I know that this time around, there's going to be quite a lot of support for. Obviously, Custodes and Adeptus Militarum, but it's not the Militarum, it's the equivalent of the Militarum back in the Horus Heresy. Um, and who knows, maybe we might get some Xenos rules for the Horus Heresy, like Orcs and stuff, or, you know, it's a bit early for Tyranids. Um, but, uh, you know, like Orcs, Chaos, Demons, stuff, stuff like that would be really cool. But we'll see, like... You know, just to add some diversity to the marine on marine action, but just the just the models look so fucking sick for Horus Heresy. So we'll see how it goes. But the new rules are really exciting. Like I love this concept called reactions. Reactions are like the best idea that GW I think have had for fucking ages. Now I think it's obviously how about these are implemented, and I'm sure there's going to be some reactions that are going to be way more strong than others but essentially reactions are something that your opponent does in your turn so kind of similar to stratagems but not quite where stratagems kind of all about gotcha moments and kind of figuring stuff out you kind of know that a reaction is obviously coming and essentially i think in its bare bare bones obviously i've got to look at the rules a reaction gives you a type of action that would be done that phase that would normally happen in their turn i don't know if you're allowed to do that after when you're allowed to do that in hunter order i imagine it's after everything is 
done by your opponent. But essentially, you know, if your opponent does all their movement, then at the end of your movement, you get to move one of your units. If they, or, uh, the same with what happens in the shooting phase or combat or whatever, or the charge phase or whatever. Or you might have some special rules for your legion where you might get a very specific kind of reaction that allows you to do something really gnarly in a certain phase. Or that's like a, I do know that that's a once in a game, game kind of thing. But just the ability to shoot back at your opponent phase in the shooting phase, where it's like, no, fuck you. Like, take, take a load of bullets in the face. Like, get the fuck out of here, I think is cool. And really makes you focus on what the hell your opponent is doing in their turn. Because I don't know about you, but it, like sometimes you kind of blank out and you're kind of like, okay, well, you kind of get an idea of what your opponent's doing. But at the end of the day, you know, attention span only goes so far where you kind of zone out. But... It would make it so that you really want to fucking pay attention to what your opponent's doing. Because then you get to do something. It's not like at the beginning of your turn where you take stock and go, okay, let's check out the board state and see what's going on. I know that this has survived. I know this has survived. You really need to pay attention to what you still have on the board, what your opponent is doing, and where stuff is moving around. That is a great idea. Absolutely awesome idea. I, I, like, I, I think that that should be in 40k. Fuck stratagems. Get rid of stratagems. Maybe keep a re-roll. Or like have some re-roll-y shenanigans at some point in the game. But reactions are the way forward, man. Like, like, and it just make, just make generic, cool reactions. Yeah. Like that, that, that'll bring it home. And I think a lot of people will love that dynamic. A lot. And that seems to be from people doing test games or whatever. All of the influencers doing test games at Warhammer World and stuff. That's the one universal thing that everyone's turned around and gone, that's a great rule. And I can totally see why. Like, what a fantastic concept. And I, I take, tip, tip my hat off to G-Dubs by going, yeah, that's great. Like, well done. Well, well done for figuring that out. So, yes, there we go. So, that's some basic rule updates for, like, Horus Heresy and stuff. And, yeah, no, I think this is an unprecedented thing where, like, so many people are getting excited about the Horus Heresy. And Games Workshop have done probably one of the best marketing approaches to a new game system or a revised game system in the, in the case of Horus Heresy 2.0. Where, obviously, inviting all, who that is who in both the UK and the US social media Warhammer sort of circuit is so clever. The marketing for this has been mad. Not even for, like, ninth edition have they done something like this. I think that, like, this is the first time where I think they've ever been really consciously aware of this, like, sort of other world that I think, obviously, they were trying to not encroach on with the with the sort of invention of Warhammer Plus, but at least they kind of wanted a piece of that pie back, I guess. So to be so embracive of that community and get so many people excited, it's just causing a lot of like community buzz. And I think we're all really hyped. I genuinely hope that any sort of real positive mechanical things that we can learn from Horus Heresy 2.0 can be taken into like 10th edition for 40k, which will be such an obviously important edition that will mark like the 10th edition history of the game. So, you know, the progress that we've made from point A to point B and the refining mechanics that have been a part of like Warhammer culture since will be so interesting to see where we've gone to throughout all of like the decades I suppose of of, you know 40k's history so yeah so it's really hyped and there's so many really interesting ideas kind of kicking around for Horus Heresy 2.0 this time that I didn't even consider like obviously you've got like the the sort of 18 legions that you can do 
but even within that some really interesting color schemes i really hope that the community isn't like as closed-minded as it could be concerning the fact that not closed-minded but kind of finickety where you know it's kind of like a period game Right, I know it's like a fictitious period game, but like we we have information about you know what what legions should look like or what's kind of going on, even though that obviously we're dealing with so many like units and things that who who knows like what makes up all of these legions in terms of stuff you know their color schemes and stuff or like heraldry marks or whatever. There's literally like thousands and thousands of Astartes all in their own companies with their own history. You know some that have like really adapted from like you know what they were like in the you know on terror and stuff before that their relative Primarch arrived and stuff like that. Like I've seen. Some people want to play World Eaters in the classic, like, blue and uh, white, the way that the magazine, that's it, like, describes as, like, like jersey kind of, like, like, kind of outfit, like, kind of colour schemes. But then other people have gone, no, we want red and white, which is kind of what they obviously grew in throughout the heresy and stuff like that. And I can see there being loads of colour scheme variants and stuff like that. I mean, what I'm thinking about doing for my Dark Angels army, and I've been kind of doing some tester swatches and stuff like that, is to kind of foreshadow, like, the dark green green wing elements of, like, what the Dark Angels become, like, after the fall of Caliban and stuff. I've, I've gone black, but I've used some, like, very dark green kind of, like, natural highlights, like, on on like the edge edge highlights from the black because i've seen like black is such a weird color to highlight i don't know if any of you have well obviously some listeners have tried doing black but but it's such a weird thing and if you see you like seems to be two train of thoughts of like how to highlight on black which is kind of like grays i suppose like kind of grays and edge highlighting on grays and almost borderline kind of quite sort of whites like quite like sort of dark whites if that makes sense and then the other train of thought is almost like blues, like kind of like very subtle grey blue colours and dark blue kind of colorations. But where I'm kind of going at is is going to be kind of like quite subtle green highlights, which will a break up all of the black power armor. It'll be a nice contrasting color to like the red and the white of the legion, but also in a in a sort of like a subconscious way might foreshadow the future color scheme in like 40k and tie everything together in quite a nice kind of way so you know and you know i've got gonna have some dedicated death wing that at this point i you know whether i'm in an ring whether you should have like death wing in cream colors or whatever the death wing companions as well as the as well as like a handful of other veterans and stuff have creamy panels on their on their armor and stuff but i've gone for some some deathwing units in my 30k army i'm gonna have completely creamy colors like the sort of modern deathwing a because i love that scheme and b because it's my army and shut up <laughs> like and i just hope that like you know i can understand from a from like a almost like anaraki 30k perspective how people might get a little bit pissy that you know their sort of historic warhammer game is almost being invaded by all these new gluts of players that are like obviously gonna fuck up their game right like you know they're gonna be the uncouth masses that are gonna like you know bring down the culture of the horus heresy game but i'm just like fucking whatever like it's your army paint it however you want to paint it i mean obviously you have some respect for the setting and stuff like that but it's up to you and i just hope no one gives me shade for like that if that makes sense uh, having creamy terminators or having green highlighted black armor or whatever or it gives me sass 
The thing that I also think about when you can, kind of have that kind of argument of like, well, it was my hobby, it was great until all these people arrived. It's like, but you still have your old edition of like Horus Heresy. Like you can still play with the people that you, and who knows, like your system might get updated in a really positive way. And you're going to get more models. Like you're going to get cheaper models, better models, and models of units that you probably never had before. Like purely from the perspective of like the Dark Angels and stuff like that. Obviously, we're going to have loads of cool kits now. Like the like I previously mentioned with like the um, Spartan tank or whatever. But obviously, your new Beakies or whatever, where you know you, it would have been like five of them in Forge World to have proper Corvus armor that would have been like I don't know twenty five quid or thirty quid, and now you get like a box of twenty of them or something for like forty quid or something or you know some Scarian battle tank that's now 40 or 50 quid it used to be like 100 quid or whatever and it's not fucking resin but also characters that we never would have had before I mean obviously there's going to be loads of characters throughout the heresy that I'm not necessarily aware of or, or you know that people want but for me it's course Wayne so being a Dark Angels fanboy so to speak and possibly Cypher and Luther um I, I really, really want a Course Wayne because Course Wayne kind of becomes the second in command for Lionel Johnson after he sends Luther back to Caliban and stuff like that. And Course Wayne is like a company champion slash second in command captain y guy. And I fucking love Course Wayne. So the idea of getting a Course Wayne model makes me really hyped. And, you know, I would have had to have converted my own before, which is not necessarily a problem, but having like a beautifully sculpted model where otherwise, impossibly plastic, where I would ordinarily have had nothing or I would have had to have made it up or whatever. I don't know. Like, dude, it's like, whatever. Like, evolve or die. Like, my methodology with this is like, you know, of course, there are going to be editions of games that we prefer from the past and we martyr. And, you know, I think the worst, you know, thing of this going into the depths of, of this kind of analogy is like Warhammer Fantasy and when they fucked up Warhammer Fantasy and they, they end-timed it and then brought in Sigma and stuff. That's a slightly different thing and I can understand why people would be pissy about that because it's a completely different game system. But when stuff just gets updated or whatever, you have your previous edition, you can play your previous edition with friends, get excited for innovation. I know innovation for the sake of innovation's sake is not good, but you know, there are problems with, with every game system and trying to iron out those kind of kinks is, is what the hobby's all about, man. And, and I think it's really important that the hobby evolves to get new blood. And I think what's really going to be interesting, as I previously stated, is just how long Horus Heresy 2.0 might survive. And, you know, as a result of everything that's been going on and the support that, that, that you know, the community is giving it and also like the new kits and stuff, it could be that Horus Heresy 2.0 just keeps going just keeps going and going and going and people really like it and you know in the future the difficult conversation of course is whether or not firstborn stuff is going to eventually get rotated out of out of 40k which is really sad and as a dark angels player again like that really hurts because obviously deathwing knights deathwing terminators and ravering bikes and stuff like that and black knights and land speeders and all those kind of things are all firstborn things and they're all the fun things that i love in my army and the things that make my army specific but you know i could i can see a world where all of those old kits are eventually going to get rotated out and it's going to be all primaricized and 
you're just going to have to deal with that. And it's going to be sad, and it's going to be sad that I won't be able to use my thing. But then there might be, like, a scouring system where, you know, then you'll, you'll use your old Mark Seven tactical marines and, you know, your old Terminators and stuff or whatever. Or, or you know, or play fucking Horus Heresy. Play, like, Horus Heresy or, the ne- or, or, an, or an add-on for the Horus Heresy, which is the scouring, which will bring all of the, the 40K kind of firstborn stuff into it. So, by enjoying something like the Horus Heresy, it just diversifies the, the sort of thing. And, I, 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 and I'm really looking forward to playing it. Like, I don't think I've been more excited for a system like this in quite some time. And, you know, I hope, I hope the community enjoys it. We'll see. Reactions are awesome. We'll see how that all plays out. What I did find really interesting as well is like other alternative kind of army styles that you can do within the context of the Horus Heresy. Um, Arbiter Ian is is a really cool YouTuber that specializes in Horus Heresy style content. And I really like his stuff. One of the cool videos that he did recently was unconventional kind of Horus Heresy armies or concepts. And one of those that I thought were really cool that if you don't want to do like a classic... Horus Heresy kind of army on either side is Black Shields or Renegades. And what I mean by that is obviously Black Shields were Astartes on both sides, which kind of ditched their loyalty of, of their legion to because of uh, gripes that they had with the direction of their legion during the Horus Heresy. And they kind of became this kind of like middle, middle ground kind of concept. So for Black Shields, you've got... Um, Characters like Nathaniel Garrow or, you know, some of the traitor legions. Like, you know, like a Death Guard force or like an Emperor's Children force that decided to side with the Imperium um, and thus changed the colour of their armour to, like, Black Shields. Of course, like, some of the original Black Shields are characters previously kind of talked about. And on the flip side of that are, like, Renegades. So, like, some loyalist, like characters that could have gone you know traitor and we're talking like anything like you know like the fallen you could do the fallen for like the dark angels is an obvious one also um some white scars um making those guys like like evil or corrupted but theoretically you could do that with any because i imagine even with hardcore loyalties of like the ultramarines or the blood angels i imagine even then there might have been some that were sympathetic to 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 horus and his cause in addition to that, of course, you've got the Adeptus Mechanicus or the Dark Mechanicus. So I imagine that a lot of the kits will be similar to like 40k, but obviously with like different weapon loadouts or more era-appropriate like weapon loadouts. So that could be a really cool path to go down in some of the archaic technology used like 10,000 years before that I think you can get from, like, Forge World and stuff. And, yeah, no, they're just really cool kits. Like, I think the ad, ad mech stuff will be really nice and look really cool from that Golden Age kind of era of the Imperium vibe. So, yeah, really looking forward to what people do with ad mech, actually, in 30k and what colour schemes they use um, and what they do for the Dark Mechanicum because, obviously, we don't have Dark Mechanicum in, in 40k yet. Although that would be a very tempting army one day. But to be fair, Admech are not my style of play at all. So there you go. Of course, the other sort of other tertiary or whatever faction of the Horus Heresy to potentially get into is the uh, Militarum, which I don't know what they're called in this in this setting. So, yeah, but I imagine they would be quite cool. I don't know if they have dedicated kits to kind of look quite period correct, because obviously this might be the start of, like, 
the Imperial Guard as we know it, obviously. So almost like Imperial like conscripts or whatever, but I'm sure there'd be kits for those. So there are some more diverse options that aren't just Space Marines smashing Space Marines, so to speak. So that'd be cool. Um, and yeah, just to finish off today's kind of recording with kind of the, the whole philosophy behind my Dark Angels army is going to be one where it's going to be very Calibanite influenced. Um, so in the, in the Horus Heresy, kind of to allude to potentially the future of how the Dark Angels look, like Lionel Johnson allows Legionnaires to have a, a, a painted pauldron or certain armor parts of their armor painted green, like very dark green, similar to what they have in the modern era. So my whole vibe is going to be that of a Calibanite kind of force um, with maybe occasional red stuff from Terrans or whatever, or dreadnoughts from ancient Terra, uh, and also to be have like a core Swainy veterany vibe. So I'm going to have two units of veterans in the army, lots of dreadwing influences, lots of deathwing influences. So it'd be quite an exotic sort of like Dark Angels army with some Calibanite elements. It also means if I'm doing a mirror match against like Dark Angels, who I imagine will be very popular, uh, it mean that there's. You can be like, hee hee, I'm the fallen or whatever. So that's quite cool. So yeah, so I hope you all enjoy this video today about the Horus Heresy. Who are you playing? What are you doing? What projects are you doing for the Horus Heresy? Um, I'm really, really excited. And I think you guys should be too. Like I said, check out Arbiter Ian's videos. He's an amazing community member. Very inspirational in terms of like army concept for the Horus Heresy. And people are really passionate about the Horus Heresy anyway, but... There you go. I think a future upload for me as a Grimdark Singular Bastard is going to be my thoughts on every Space Marine Legion, Horus Heresy you'll know, probably give them a mark out of 10 subjectively and we'll see if you agree with those. Uh, so that'll be cool. And then I think I'm hopefully going to have a guest on Grimdark of, of a friend of mine called Emanuele and we're going to sit and talk about some interesting hobby and life kind of balance things. So hope you all have an awesome, awesome week. Ciao and take care.